Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Auto Central South Africa's number one motoring podcast. My name is George Mini, and as usual, joined by none other than uh, Wandile Sishi. How's it, Wandi? As per usual, in the house. In the house. Uh, what happened to your man? Just feeling a bit cold, though. Cold? I won't lie. I'm just... Um, I'm I'm feeling cold and I actually lost my gloves last night, so I've had to resort to wearing a sock on my hand just to keep a little bit of warmth on my body. Are those those cool gloves that you cut the fingers off? I didn't catch that. Could oh. you try again? Was that Siri? That's Siri. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, were those those gloves um, that you cut the fingers off? Yeah, those those are the gloves. So on my on my other hand that you won't see, you'll only see this one. There okay. is a purple sock on it, so... Yeah. Come on, let us see the purple sock. You just told us. <laughs> it's like it's just a little puppet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, what's happening to your man, One D? What you was happening to my man? He won the race. Yeah, he won the race, I mean, but they are uh... but hauling him over the coals on social media, which is terrible. It's okay. You know they can say what they want, but you know. He's about to be an eight-time world champion, so I, I don't care. But yeah, it was it was a super interesting race, um, and it's kind of sad that it happened the way it did. But that's racing for you. Yep, that's racing for you. So uh, he's not quite past. Uh, um, no, he's not. He's not, not quite leading the championship yet. So uh, you know, eight times is a little bit of a stretch at the moment, if I must say so myself. Anyway, we're not here to talk about yeah, Formula is, One. Um, or Hamilton's winnings or losings. We had to talk about uh, all things cars. And uh, today we uh, <laughs> are calling this episode the off-road episode. And we'll unpack off-roading, uh, what off-roading is and what equipment you need in order to better off-road, I suppose. And then next, Chad Lukov joins us uh, um, in the studio. Well, I'm... Um, virtually, I suppose, um, to review the 2021 Land Rover Defender 90, um, sticking with uh, four-wheel drives and SUVs. And then lastly, we, as usual, will answer some of your auto trader, uh, ask auto trader questions, and uh, we'll try and address some of those. So firstly, where can everybody find the show, Wendy? So you can find the show every single Monday on cliffcentral.com at 9 a.m. for the audio live feed. But if you want to see our faces and some of the cool content that we have in the studio when we are in studio, um, you can also just view the show on the Auto Trader SA YouTube channel. Um, and then if you just want to listen to it at your convenience, you can also find us on basically any sort of streaming service such as Spotify or iTunes Music. And uh, yeah, if you're watching the feed, please just give us your comments, like, subscribe, tell us what you guys think. Exactly. Smash the like button. Please subscribe to this uh, podcast and uh, definitely let us know what you think. So let's get right into it. The off-road episode. Can all SUVs and 4x4s off-road? Question mark. What do you think, Wendy? To answer that question, I think it depends. That's such an MBA answer. It depends. (laughs) Yeah, it depends. Um, So the only off-roading I've done is in a 2x4. Um, and it was very, very minimal sort of off-roading. And I did get stuck once. So I think it depends. It completely depends on the vehicle that you have um, and the sort of wheel configuration that it has. So is it four-wheel drive, two-by-four, or an all-wheel drive? Isn't it four-by-two four by and not two-by-four? Do you know what a two-by-four is? I'm guessing a – no. A two-by-four is, two a, uh, is a piece of wood. That is two inches <laughs> by. F- no, I'm serious. It's a two. True. It's two yeah, inches by four inches. Let's Google it quickly. Uh, yeah. Uh, a two by four 
Um, so yeah. a two by four. Uh, what is what is what does a two by four mean? Uh, it, it measures two inches by four inches. The length of sawn wood of a cross section two inches by four inches. Most often employed in structural framing and lumber. So that's it. Yeah, no, I wasn't talking about the wood. I was I was talking about uh, <laughs> like carpentry stuff. Yes. About two, right? So people, we're <laughs> not talking about how to build a roof. Uh, we are talking about yeah. uh, four by fours and four by twos. Uh, sorry, Wendy, two by four. Um, I'm going to remember that two by four. <laughs> so you're saying it all depends. <laughs> I think it all depends. As far as I know, and from my own personal experience, I think it depends on on what level of offering you'll be doing. Ah, okay. So it doesn't depend on the vehicle. It depends on the off-roading you want to do. So, uh, um, you know, I think, uh, I, I think I have a general kind of statement around what works and what doesn't work in those broad categories, but I'm going to wait till the end to give my opinion, if you don't mind. Yeah. So, uh, uh, automakers. Yeah, no, I'm going to ask you again. Don't forget, um, automakers love to tout their vehicles and their off-road capabilities. I don't know if you've seen, you know, adverts where uh, crossover vehicles are climbing mountains and um, often claiming that the newest yeah. vehicle is the most capable one yet. Sounds like an iPhone ad. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But how do you know? How do you know if you kind of can believe? The off-road capability is what is being displayed, and I'm pretty sure the, you know, the manufacturers don't uh, uh, don't tell untruths. But what is really off-road capable, and uh, what are the criteria? So let's get into it, Wendy. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, with the rise of SUVs and double cabs in South Africa, and we know that the SUV category is rising in popularity and search. Um, and Bucky's are South Africa. I mean, we, we keep we keep saying South Africa is a Bucky nation. Um, you know, so yeah, unlike two-wheel drive vehicles driven from front and rear wheels front or rear wheels should I say uh, in an all in, just to kind of put the definition down in an all or four wheel drive vehicle power is directed to all four wheels okay many people choose cars mm -hmm. with all wheel drive AWD traction um, for safety reasons while adventure seekers are for four wheel drive four WD uh, vehicles yeah. so that they can head off road I think that's kind of a lot that's kind of where people get mistaken. I don't think an all-wheel drive car is a four-wheel drive car. Um, and I think a lot of consumers think that their all-wheel drive car has the same capabilities as their four-wheel drive counterparts. Not necessarily. Not so, what, so what's the difference? So the big difference is an all-wheel drive car describes a four-wheel drive system um, that's maximized for traction. So it doesn't necessarily drive all four wheels, but um, they're other two wheels can switch on whenever the car starts slipping. Um, so that kind of defines what an all-wheel drive car is. Okay, so um, it directs it directs traction to the car to the to the wheel that has the most slippage. Correct. Correct. Okay. Um, that's why a lot of SUVs have all-wheel and not necessarily four-wheel drive because SUVs are you know daily drivers that people use on the road most of the mm. times. Um, but if they do want to go off-roading then having that sort of additional traction when you're doing something that's a little bit more ballsy, um, you know, it can do so. Okay, so four-wheel drive then uh, is used as a description of vehicle that is more inclined to go off-roading. So, you know, mm -hmm. so now we're getting into the off-roading category, or should I say off-roading mm -hmm. world. Um, um, many, I think many, but not all four-wheel drives have uh, a centered, centered diff 
or center differential mm. that helps divide the power and the torque between the front and rear axles. So center difference. So if you imagine your two wheels in the front, two wheels in the back, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the wheels can turn, you know, independently okay. or together. Um, but what about turning independently or together front to rear? And that's what the center differential does. It, it engages okay. the front to the back. And uh, so this. So I think the only thing that the only thing that we haven't really unpacked here is what a four by two is. Um, so from my experience, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think a four by two is when you can turn on and off the diff, um, but it only drives the two wheels predominantly. Uh, yeah. So so is a is a is a four by four a four by two and a two wheel drive uh, the same thing? Um, and a car that has a two-wheel drive with four wheels, a 4x2 in a two-wheel drive vehicle means there are four wheels in total and two wheels that are driven. Mm. Okay. okay, so it's similar, similar but, with but not the same. The diff lock being the potentially the the, 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 the diff lock being the the, the, the factor in, in between all that. So 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 that kind of brings us to the question what makes a four by four or a all wheel drive vehicle unstoppable off road? I mean what do you what do you think the the uh, the, the the top criteria are that you need to look at? Um off the top of my head I would say tires because for instance in my car I have very low profile tires that are just basically for road, um, the street tires. So I think the, the one big differentiator in the capabilities of my vehicle versus a four by four, for instance, is the, the actual tire that the, the car has. Additionally, ground, ground clearance, um, you know, um, has a huge factor on how far and how steep your vehicle can go. Well, well let's, let's, um, so let's fixate on tires for a second. So, so what do, mm -hmm. you know, what would you be looking for in tires? Um, if you're an, if you want to go off road, because, you know, the difference between an SUV and mm -hmm. a four by four or a, like most buckies, four by four, double cab, single cab, doesn't matter. Um, and seems to be the profile of the tire. Mm -hmm. versus the rim's what, profile. When you say profile, what, is, what do you mean by that? So the size. So so typically okay. it seems like uh, 33 inches to 35 inch tires are the most common for serious off-road people, but also not low profile. So you can't have a very big rim in there. So you'll see some of these yeah, Mercedes-Benz, uh, I'm not going to just pick on them, Audi, uh, BMW, SUVs, very low profile tires. Um, to give that sporty look, but in terms of capabilities, they're not... Not they as capable. Really much. Yeah. So yeah. you know, you want you 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 want that that uh, uh, that sidewall to be um, to be bigger, really thick. Yeah. Thick, yeah. So that you can deflate the tires in certain conditions if you need to, um, and inflate them in certain conditions if you need to. So you imagine trying to deflate a um, a low profile tire, you can start driving on the rims. Exactly. That that's exactly what happened to me. Um, I can't deflate my tires at all. They always have to stay at the the way I'm approved size or pressure rather, mm. or else I'm just going to be skidding. <laughs> well, I suppose then, um, you know, tires are one major reason why an SUV is less capable than a traditional Bucky 4x4. Four four. Um, mm. Okay, what else is there in this list of things we need to consider for an unst unstoppable 4x4? Four by four by four? So, another point which I was kind of alluding to is ground currents. Um, so, essentially, a 4x4 four four, and I think SUVs as well have a really good ground, ground, ground clearance. And this is really important for off-roading because when you're off-roading, the surface is not always straight um, mm. or smooth. 
there's going to be some boulders. There's going to be some things that can seriously damage uh, the carriage of the vehicle. Um, so one of the, the huge things when looking for a vehicle that can off-road is ensuring that that ground clearance is fairly big, um, bigger at least than a just substandard sedan. Um, and that's why crossovers are, you know, nearing that danger zone when it comes to off-roading. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So I, I guess then um, uh, you could you could make up for ground clearance if you have a good approach, departure, and breakover angle. Um, you know, so Jesus approach <laughs> approach angle. Uh, if you've got a steeper approach angle, you've got less overhang in the front of the car, which means you can you can approach a steeper yield without the bumper touching the ground. So if you've okay. got a you okay. know if your if your bumper is on your wheels. Effectively, your ground clearance yeah. uh, uh, for an approach angle is okay, and then uh, and then a departure angle. So when you're coming down the yield, the back you don't want the back bumper to yeah. touch. So you want a, a short um, a departure angle, and then breakover angle is uh, related to the how how far apart the wheels are. Um, yeah. So if you go over a crest and your wheels are close together, you'll you'll get over the crest even with lower ground clearance. With higher ground clearance, mm-hmm. you'll get even over a, a steeper crest. So so the the breakover angle, um, uh, the departure, which is the back, and then the approach angle. As if you've got all yeah. four departure, approach, and breakover, and ground clearance, you've effectively yeah. got the perfect and you have four a by four. Super off-roading. And yeah. again, SUVs, I think a great example. SUVs don't fit this bill. Yeah, yeah. Another example is limos. You know, you've seen those giant Hummer limos, mm. which have terrible breakover angles. Bad breakover angle. Yeah. Far apart. Yeah. yeah um, so, and they just can't offer it. <laughs> so, so you can be you can be gangster angle. style, but you ain't gonna have a very a uh, very good breakover <laughs> angle. Um, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, uh, you know, so let's let's talk about uh, um, uh, ro- uh, uh, locking differentials. So, so some four wheel drive vehicles, most SUVs, um, don't mm. have the ability to change the settings. I know that some Land Rovers do where you can put it into, uh, you can lock the diff from the inside, you can change low range to high range. Um, but a lot of SUVs, especially the softer SUVs, don't have the mm. ability to lock differentials automatically. And I think that makes it a less capable four-wheel drive vehicle. Mm. I think that's uh, led to a lot of companies such as BMW with their X-Drive system and um, Audi with their Quattro system kind of addressing that. Mm. Um, because yeah, it has ground clearance. So you think, Hey, I can offer it, but that's not the case. Um, you still need traction and a diff that can lock is a huge, huge, huge advantage to some of the vehicles that just can't, uh, lock the disc because then they'll just start sliding. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so, you know, we were talking about low range and high range, which gives you then low end torque. So the ability mm. to have a lot of torque at low speeds, uh, um, uh, which is the low range and the high range setting. And, uh, and many, many SUVs, um, probably most of them, as a matter of fact, don't have low and high range. So they, they're not really four by four capable off road. Um, um, they, they're, they're mm-hmm. softer four by fours. They can go on a dirt road. Uh, and that's fine, and 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 probably yeah, most exactly. uh, um, um, most mo- even people with serious four by fours hardly take them off road properly anyway. Let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. I think a lot of the OEMs are thinking about what's the day to day usage versus the extreme, and mm-hmm. making sure that the car, in a scenario where it does have to get extreme, can at least get you further than, for instance, not being able at all. Um, and I think that's fair. That's fair for mm-hmm. the OEMs to to sort of. Uh, do that and give us some capabilities yes uh, versus specific off-roading four by fours 
So, so let's talk about one last thing, and then uh, and then we'll get to the, our expert journalist Chad Lacofinia to to review the 2021 Land Rover Defender 90, and that is uh, independent suspension versus solid axles. Now, people don't like solid axles, especially leaf springs on the back of buckies, and uh, uh, and and that's because the ride is a little bit harder, bumpier, all that stuff. But um, uh, solid axles are actually more 4x4 capable than independent suspensions. And, uh, and the reason is, is because independent yeah. suspensions, uh, you know, a solid axle will have a solid tube between the back wheels, mm. uh, uh, that the, um, uh, the gears and the, and the, sh- and the half shafts run through, um, which then protects those gears and half shafts. Um, and, uh, and, um, whereas independent suspension, however, has CV joints, boots, which are rubber, which are all exposed yeah. to elements and the ability to, uh, to get knocked and, and broken. So, so the moment you go yeah. over a rocky terrain and, um, you know, your CV joints get knocked by a rock, uh, you won't, you won't necessarily have that with a solid axle. Okay. Yeah. I think those are all kind of, high-level things that you need to consider when buying a 4x4. But to answer your question, to ask you again, can all SUVs and 4x4s off-road? You would answer. My opinion <laughs> is that there are very few SUVs that can off-road like a Bucky. Very few. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the Land Rover um, and, uh, and one or two others. But uh, it would, for me, it would go down to solid rear axles, which then mm-hmm. I think the Land Rover falls down on. Um, uh, so, so the answer would be if the Land Rover is, is close, um, mm-hmm. it still doesn't beat the traditional solid axle independent, uh, uh, sorry, solid axle suspension and, uh, and leaf springs and the proper Bucky type four by fours. I don't think so. That's my opinion. What do you think? I think Orchard has lots of reviews and articles to answer that exact question. So uh, if you are in the market put for your money where your an mouth off-roading is car, then, <laughs> then definitely just go and cite. And um, our journalists will give you the details with regards to what's best for your needs. Absolutely. So on that note, uh, let's bring in our expert journalist, uh, Mr. Chad Luckoff, um, to review the 2021 Land Rover Defender 90. How's it going, Chad? Oh, good in yourself. Good, good. Nice to have you back, uh, even if it's virtually. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, I missed you, Chad. <laughs> some love oh, spreading around, me. yeah. <laughs> okay, you two. Uh-huh. We need to get onto the show. Um, all right. <laughs> so, a legend is reborn. I don't know whether Chad coined that, but uh, the Land Rover Defender ninety. Tell us about it, Chad. Uh, so, it's probably one of the vehicles that have been the most eagerly anticipated was the new Defender. And uh, last year we got the 110 model. This is now the short wheelbase 90 version. And uh, yeah, it's in all honesty, it was one of those vehicles that I was thinking was being overhyped. Um, I could understand both sides of it because there were there were two camps, decidedly two camps. There were those that were diehard uh, Series 2, Series 3, Land Rover and original Defender fans. And then there were those that were, and, and those guys just were, hating the idea mm. of a new defender not being the old defender. Did they think it was soft? I were, mean, like, is, is, is that the major reason? Is because it's not as, like, you know, it's, it's, more, it's much more fancy now. Yeah, they thought it was going to be a lot softer. Um, and I, I understand their points because there's a lot of electronics in the new defender, both the 110 and the 90. 
Uh, whereas with the old Defender, there were there was very little. The only electrical items in there was maybe your fuel injection, if you had a fuel injection model, and your lights, and maybe central locking, maybe. You know, yeah, so there was that, a lot that, of less to go wrong. That begs the question, though. Are cars getting softer or are they getting softer but better in terms of what uh, people are asking them to do? They are getting softer. Mm. They are getting a lot softer. They are becoming more digital every mm. step of the way. And each day that we go on, um, and this is also this is a story for another show, they move further away from the analog driving experience. I like that. Uh, something as simple as fly-by-wire, electronic power steering, um, that's all. Uh, you having the engine note plumbed into the cabin artificially being played through the speakers. If that doesn't tell you that this is a PlayStation generation of motoring, I don't know what will. PlayStation generation of motoring. Better. One D, we have to we have to do we have to review the 2021 Land Rover Defender 90, and I know Chad just said himself this is a, a discussion for another day. So let's note that down and definitely have the debate. Maybe we can get Chad definitely. on for the whole show and just uh, debate the cars getting softer uh, issue. But right now, uh, Chad, the Land Rover Defender 90, it sounds to me like you have had a pleasant experience versus maybe what you thought about it before you drove it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, our, like I said, there were the two camps. There was the camps that were the diehards, and then there were the ones that were like really keen to see what they were going to do new. I was neither of those, but I was just thinking that it was being overhyped. And I didn't like the fact that it was being overhyped. Oh, defender this, defender that, defender this, defender that. So, naturally, it sort of gets my hackles up when there's too much hype around the car. Um, it's, it's just part of me. I want to experience the car first, and I don't want to work with a preconceived notion that mm -hmm. comes from the internet. You don't, you don't want to be influenced. Yeah. No, I don't want to be influenced. I want to, and, and often when I'll test drive these vehicles, I'll drive it for a few days before I look at the price tag as well. And that, because I'll drive it and I'll sit there and I'll say, what would I be prepared to pay for this experience? Mm. And then I can tell whether that is, whether the vehicle is overpriced or underpriced, whether it's value for money or it's just, you know, being ridiculous. And I approached the, 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 the defender trying to, push against that public uh, popularity hype. contest that was happening. Yeah, and yes. the hype. And I call it the Kardashian uh, effect. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's largely that. It's just, it's, uh, it's media at its finest mm -hmm. and media mm -hmm. influence at its finest. And I tried to push against that. And uh, I must say, two, three minutes after driving it, I it registered with me and I said, this is something special. This actually is something special. And the more time I spent with it, the more I fell in love with it. And I haven't said that about many vehicles. I think I said that about like the A35 sedan. Yeah, um, that I, you know, I became really enamored with the vehicle. And after a while, I was sad to see it go. And it's been very much the same with the Defender 90. I said it more than once. I want one. Hmm. Okay. What's so the, the Defender 90 and the 110? So traditionally, that was a measurement in inches of the wheelbase. So the front axle to the back axle. The 110 was 110 inches, whereas the 90 was 20 inches shorter at 90 inches. Um, so essentially, it's five-door versus three-door. So okay. the Defender 90 is a three-door short wheelbase version. Is it 90 versus okay. 110 now, or is that just what they've called it? That's just what they're calling it. I do believe it has changed. Okay, okay. But How does is... that impact the off-roading capabilities? Because when you think Fender, you think it can, 
you know, off road, incredible... go anywhere. You, you, you're thinking of, uh, you know, Livingston and um, I'm forgetting his name now. Um, at a station, it's on the tip of my tongue, but also the Land Rover's uh, ambassador who just circumnavigated you know, and traveling through Africa. Yeah. Um, so it affects it in terms of brake over angle. Mm. Um, the longer a wheelbase, the it's greater the angle, but less um, aggressive the crest that you can traverse. Um, you th- you've got to think of it if you had to go over in a over a, over a hill with a with a shopping trolley, not a problem. But if you had to do that with a bus, it's going to get stuck and hung up on the middle. So the ninety in that instance is a little more capable. Um, it's also there's less articulation when you start climbing. Um, and this is now with your approach and departure angles, you're further up the hill with a 110 than what you are with a 90. A 90 sits in that little, yeah, that like, little... dive into that little crest or into that little slope, mm-hmm. uh, whereas the 110 sort of gradually lifts up and then it brings its rear wheels onto that slope. You don't seesaw. So, uh, so I mean, it looks to me like the older Defender versus the new Defender has a, a bigger front overhang. Is that true? Um, I haven't compared them back to back in terms of um, just visually. I just googled the approach you know, departure I just, angles. I just googled the the pictures. It of the looks, car, like, it looks it. like it. Um, so you've got to remember, like as uh, you guys were discussing earlier, that approach and departure angle is also uh, part and parcel of ground clearance. Yeah. So the Defender 90 that I was testing was fitted with the optional air suspension, and that raised it by about another two inches when I put it in off-road mode. So many of the images that you're going to see there are going to be in normal mode, okay, okay. Uh, which is going to have the vehicle sitting a lot lower. So you've got an adjustable suspension. Which um, is and I spent some time useful. with it off-road now this weekend, and I must say I was pleasantly, pleasantly blown away. Oh, wow. Okay, very, so very so so Chad has a different opinion versus uh, um, you know his initial opinion based on uh, you know media hype. Um, uh, so 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 Chad, then you know what does this vehicle go for, and is it worth it? Oh, George, what is any vehicle worth? It's worth what any whatever anybody is prepared to pay for it. True. Um, yes, it's. Um, I did was recorded as saying that this is a Suzuki Jiminy for those that have got more than Suzuki Jiminy money. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's sort of as capable. Um, it's not the most practical vehicle, um, which is probably what stopped it from getting um, a full score in my books. Um, the 90 is a little compromised in terms of person egress out of the back and that type of thing, which plays to the point of, is it actually worth the mm. money that they're asking for it? Yeah. So in general, uh, the model that I was testing was just over 1.4 million Rand. Uh, the SE version, um, one or two little spec changes comes in just under 1.4 million Rand. That's the ballpark that you're looking at there. Very interesting. I mean, we're not going to get into the uh, uh, the speed of the vehicle or the zero to 100. I mean, the, the, this vehicle wasn't designed to do zero to 100 in any kind of time. But I see you note that uh, uh, zero to 100 speed is actually 6.7 seconds, which is it does. pretty quick. This it's thing super- was really quick. I was blown yeah. away by the power delivery. Uh, it runs a three liter inline six twin turbo diesel uh, engine. 
and it is a it's a part of the Ingenium range, and it is a lovely, lovely engine. You've got nearly the full six fifty newton meters, which I mean is quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. From as low as a thousand five hundred RPM. Wow. This is a torque monster. It's been a long time since I've driven an SUV that has this amount of torque and just get up and go. And the one, or while it takes on the one hand in terms of its uh, lack of practicality, it gives on the other hand um, in terms of excellent road manners. Now, the old Defender was, the original Defender was was not much pot on the road. Uh, it was rather troublesome. It, it was really in its element off-road. Yes, the new Defender 90, throw whatever you want at it. Throw a road. I can tell you now, you could even, probably even throw a racetrack at it if you had a slightly more road biased tires, and you would still thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. The drive is sublime. Highway, urban, uh, city, off-road. It's gravel. Fantastic. Well, there we go, Wendy. I then take back what I said a little bit earlier on, where I said that the most capable 4x4s are still buckies and double cabs. Maybe the Land Rover Defender is now kind of in that category uh, from our expert journalist, Chad Lakoff. So very finally, Chad, your score out of 10. I don't give out. As you guys know, I'm rather critical. And um, (laughs) that's where this may surprise you. I'm going to give this a firm nine. Wow. Wow. I mean, the last uh, SUV type vehicle that got a nine was the Suzuki Vitara. So it's, I mean, they're, they're in totally different classes. Um, I've given a couple of cars twos and threes here. To be fair on Chad, I set him up for that one because I know that he, he you know, he's not quite in the nine category with the Suzuki Vitara, but that's okay. I, uh, sorry, Chad. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, so, you know, one point down from 10, uh, 90, 90% or nine out of 10. That's a brilliant, brilliant score. And, uh, you know, maybe one day, uh, I was wrong. Land Rover does as an SUV yeah. get into the category of buckies. George, and it's stunning. Is, it is. It's a beautiful vehicle. I loved looking at it. Um, I had my initial, I thought it felt a little copycat right in the beginning, my, my initial perceptions. Um, but the more time I spent with it, the more I fell in love with certain design cues that were just yeah. retro cool. Um, it's not a it's not a perfect vehicle. Like I said, it has a few shortcomings, and that's why it doesn't get a full ball tin there. Um, it is a little on the pricier side when you consider these factors. But um, if you weren't so EV biased, I could comfortably see you in a in a Defender. No, I mean my, my previous had Land Rovers in the past. My previous right? car was a Land Rover Discovery Four. So I mean, you know, uh, what more Land Rover do you get than a Land Rover Discovery Four, the old box shape? Uh, so no, this, lovely, lovely vehicle. George, this one feels like the most uh, off-road biased product offering in the Jaguar Land Rover um, offering range in their in their, their portfolio. It really is designed with off-road in mind. Lovely stuff. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to go and see more, hear more, read more, uh, go and uh, visit autotrader.co.za. Go to the news and review section. And uh, there are many reviews that our expert journalist, Chad uh, Lakoff, has done. And uh, he's got a very sensible approach to the way, and you heard it right at the beginning, to the way he views a vehicle. He tries not to get influenced by uh, public uh, perception or popular perception before he, like he said, he doesn't even look at the price of the car before he drives it. So, you know, try to 
keep a purest view on uh, on the car from the first time he drives it. So go and have a look at those on autotrader.co.za. Thank you very much, Chad, for uh, being with us again. Uh, it's been epic as usual. Thank you, guys. You guys have a great show. Ciao. That's it. Okay, so uh, uh, there you have it, Wendy, the Land Rover Defender, uh, Defender 90. Yeah. 90. Yeah, huge fan. Uh, I was anticipating it as well. So I knew it was going to be great. Um, and I'm glad to see that the journalists kind of confirm that. Exactly. All right. So let's, without any ado, let's get into our Ask Auto Trader section. And everyday people send in motoring related questions, all car, all things car buying and selling. And Wendy's gonna, Wendy and I are going to attempt to answer some burning questions now. What's the first question, Wendy? It's the off-road episode. So the first question is, is buying a 4x4 under 40K a bad idea? Uh, will I get something with breakdowns around the corner or, you know, is it going to be like buying any other car? Um, well, that's interesting, Cedric. It's an interesting question because, uh, you know, it depends, I suppose. Um, I suppose if you're going to buy a 4x4 for under 40,000 Rand, you need to make sure that it's mechanically sound. If you're just going to go for aesthetically sound, uh, you, your mechanics is going to catch you out because uh, you're not going to get much. Um, you're not going to get both. You're not going to be, get the best of both worlds for under forty thousand rand. So uh, uh, make sure it's mechanically sound because then you've got the capabilities of the four x four rather than. I'd rather look at uh, the ground through the floorboard and have a mechanically sound four x four for forty grand than uh, um, than have a car that looks nice and uh, can't traverse a hill. Yeah, like Fred Winston's car. I mean, that thing, uh, you know, your feet went through the floor, but hey, that thing went. <laughs> okay, Wendy, next question. Um, next question comes from Flower Power, who's asked, on the road, on the fees is it possible to have on the road fees included in the car fence okay so uh wendy's connection is getting a bit uh, sketchy there so uh, uh i'm going to repeat the question on the road fees is it possible to have the on the road fees included in the car finance and the answer the short answer is no Unfortunately, there was recently a court case uh, that decided this topic, and we will post uh, that court case um, for you. Um, if you if you want to go, go to uh, News and Advice and uh, forward slash on the road fees. What does it really mean? And uh, you will find the reference to that court case. Um, and uh, go and have a look at it. But uh, uh, you can't do it, unfortunately. Third question, Wendy. Last question is hopefully my connection's fine now. What is the best used four by four under three hundred and fifty K money can buy? I'm looking for either a double cab or an SUV. Well, yes, got you loud and clear there, Wendy. So Sicolution, uh, a very, very unique name. Quite nice actually. Um uh, what is the best four by four under three hundred and fifty thousand? Well there's plenty. Um, enticing four by fours on autotrader.co.za. Go and have a look and, uh, you know, like go, go back to the beginning of the show. Go and have a listen again and, uh, see what is necessary in a capable four by four, you know, and, uh, you might want to go for the Jeep Wrangler, which is an off-road beast, uh, uh right, right the way through to uh, the Toyota, which, um, but do not forget the Jimny. The Jimny is a very capable, mm cost-effective 4x4 and as Chad pointed out just now is probably uh, you know people with you know n n not Land Rover money um, uh, mm. uh, fits into the category of maybe a second-hand Jimny go for a second-hand Jimny because it's a very good all-rounder and then consider the Mitsubishi Pajero it's a big body it's nice and big inside and uh, very 4x4 ca capable mm. uh, is the Mitsubishi Pajero 
Awesome. That's all I have for you today. Awesome uh, stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's been an epic show. And uh, I'm George Minnie, And uh, as usual, joined by One Deal We will see you next time. And uh, Hamilton still won't be leading. Bye.